three, two, one. Welcome, beautiful Ligon people. We are back once again. Yes. So, of course, before we start, make sure you guys like, share, comment, and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Uh, thank you to all our Patreon supporters. Um, we couldn't have done it without you guys. Black Thoughts, Aria Krish, Simon Matin. Um, and then also, you know, you guys check out our social media, eigenbros.com, eigenbros on Twitter, eigenbros on Instagram, and eigenbros2 on TikTok. And yeah, let's jump right in. Mm-hmm. So let's I guess go. one I wanted to talk this week about some interesting stuff. You know, we had the old election, post-election podcast, yeah. which I think... Well-received. Well-received. Yeah. Well-received. People like I think our, our, they liked our clickbait. Uh, yeah. <laughs> our clickbait uh, thumbnail. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was to change it up a little bit, but yeah. uh, <laughs> I thought it was a little too on the nose. Yeah, it was a little bit risque. Yeah. Say. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I think people liked our... Um, like the the hologram Joe, <laughs> yes. or hologram Obama in the Oval Office, yeah, yeah. It playing out like a like a you know <laughs> Steve Rogers sitting on the bench of Avengers Endgame. <laughs> Is that Captain America? Captain America, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think I will. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that was a um, good, good, good. I'm glad uh, people enjoyed it. So. Mm-hmm. This week, we want to talk about some statistical stuff. So yeah. I've been kind of into statistics lately. Why? It's always one of these things that I've kind of felt insecure about in terms of my math knowledge and skills, because I've never feel, felt real good with like probability and data analysis. Like I feel okay with it, mm-hmm. you know, f- as a physicist, but yeah. I don't feel like, I feel like I could go a lot further with it. You know, I've always wanted to explore like Bayesian probability yeah. Just understanding like these weird trends and graphs and things that show up a lot. Uh, understanding like Gaussian distributions, distribution functions better. Um, just one of these things that's always been kind of a hole in my in my foundation. Right. right, would, right. would you say that's true for you as well, or no? Um, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's, it's you haven't thought about it. No, I haven't really thought about it. I mean, okay. it's I know that there are different kinds of uh, statistical models of stuff and mm-hmm. how they tell you different things, but yeah. Um, but it's its own subject. Like it's a it whole, is. it's a whole ass major. If it's it a is. whole ass major, I'm gonna, <laughs> <laughs> I'm only gonna scratch the surface with anything that I that I do with it. True, but it's one of these things where it has a lot of um, utility in physics. Mm. Because think about if we do like, let's say, if you're in experimental physics, mm. you're dealing with statistical data all day, right? You're yeah. trying to analyze trends, analyze what the data means, mm-hmm. interpret that data. I mean, we're a very statistically heavy field. Yeah. So understanding the statistics is going to be an advantage if you yeah. know it well. I mean, we do that in statistical mechanics, which is you're counting the number of particles in the system and stuff. Yeah. That kind of one thing. by one, just yeah. <laughs> yeah. One by one, you you create one Avogadro. Yeah. One Avogadro one <laughs> of molecules. Yeah. And no, but you do this like with you do a bunch of system or you, you idealize um, systems where there are particles. And that you're counting specific number of particles mm-hmm. or whatever, and particles in a box, that kind of stuff. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we do statistical stuff, and so the first thing I wanted to talk about was um, Benford's law. So there was a little bit of uh, controversy. Wait, why Benford? Why law? is it called Benford's law? Yeah. So it's just Benford? by a guy named Frank Benford. So what? What? What does this? What does it tell you? So Benford's Law is an interesting thing. You've probably heard of it. It's one of these things that they use. You probably haven't heard of it. No, I think you might have. 
it's one of these things where um, they use it to tell if you've committed tax fraud. Oh. So it's one of these things where they look at the data and they say, okay, has this person possibly committed tax fraud? It doesn't tell you if it is fraud. It tells you that it's a red flag. They call it a red flag test mm-hmm. where if this data is skewed from ben- Benford's law, then it could likely be that there is an issue. So it mm-hmm. allows you to further check into it. You can actually start breaking down further what's going on, and then you can see mm-hmm. whether there was fraud committed or not. Mm-hmm. So Benford's law basically says that it's one of these things that can be used on a, on a particular set of data where, strangely enough, the number one should occur 30.1% of the time in your data. The number one? It, yes. So if, let's say, if, and this is looking at the first digit of a number. Mm-hmm. So let's say you have a handful of like, if your data is taxes, right? It's like, let's say these are like people's, um, uh, 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 like, um, I don't know, what would you say? Birthdays? Like their expenses or something on oh, the okay. tax. So you look at the first digit of their expenses, and then you can look at a whole group of people's expenses, and the f- number one should occur 30.1% of the time within that data set. The number two should occur 17.6% as the first digit that many. It, should, it sounds like magic the time. to me. It does. It sounds like magic. and you. It almost sounds like why would that be the case? You would think that every yeah. number occurs um, once each yeah, or with the same kind of even distribution. Yeah, it's yeah. like one-tenth of the time they all – or one-ninth of the time they should all appear once. Um, but they actually don't and it's because of things like – imagine like in the day of the – there's um, 12 months in a year, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's January is one, starts at the number one. But then you also have October, which starts number one. November starts number one. December starts number one. So you have already a more of a percentage of um, digits that start with one just within the in the, the days of the year, the year yeah. or the months of the year. I'm sorry, I can't speak. <laughs> you got to be able to speak to do a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, there's certain things like this that occur quite often. Yeah. But of course, Benford's law. You might think then, like, oh, that means it's just—is it just a—is is it just a um, a relic because we're in a base ten system? Yeah, and that's actually you know, not the, the case. Gregorian it, calendar and shit. Right, and that's actually not the case. It happens in any base system. Mm. So it can be base anything, base two. You know, if you're in binary, it can still work. But the key thing to Benford's law for working is your data set needs to have a wide range of data within orders of magnitudes of range. Mm-hmm. So you need to have a wide set of data within several orders of magnitude. So you need to like have, you know, distances of like two, three, four orders of magnitude within your data sets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what mm. happened basically with the whole election thing? I don't know if you heard one, but no. people were trying to use Benford's law to disprove um, some of the results or, or show that Biden had some... Um, some, uh, uh, what do you call it? Some, some, uh, some electoral fraud. Yeah, some electoral fraud gotcha. um, within the swing states. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, as you know, <laughs> a lot of these uh, layman calculations are a little bit dubious yeah. <laughs> in the fact that they don't really know how to analyze the data or no. perform the data, uh, uh, perform the calculations rigorously to where you're actually doing it correctly. Or understanding the theory that goes... That goes yeah. into like making these statistical models. Right. Right. So Matt Parker had a really great video on this. And I guess I just wanted to show a clip. Mm-hmm. So he tries to show why Benford's law doesn't apply. Um, and I could just spo- give a spoil, we'll spoil it. And basically it's because election data does not have a wide range of orders of magnitude of data 
for Benford's law to apply, you always need a range of data that has orders of magnitude and separation. Mm-hmm. But with county precincts, the data is there's like a thousand votes, several hundred votes per mm-hmm. county, and that's mm-hmm. only one order of magnitude difference, right? Yeah. So the the order of magnitude distribution spread is not enough. So Benford's law basically does not apply to election results, and it really can't apply to elections at all. Um, so yeah, let's just yeah, show the thing video about clip. models too. Like most people don't recognize that it. it's like it depends on the sampling size and like it's context sensitive to the system, right? That you're trying yeah. to apply it to. Yeah, like with data analysis and these kind of things, you have to understand exactly how to apply these things, mm-hmm. and you also have to be good at knowing when it works and like how much it works, like. These kind of things are not like cut and dry, like three plus three is six. Like mm-hmm. these are like kind of fuzzy things that you have to be able to interpret properly with experience and understanding of how it actually works mm-hmm. within the system. So I'm just gonna play this video clip and we can watch a little bit of Matt Parker's video. Sure. Number fourteen trending on YouTube. It was a hit. Great it's video. Trending. Great video. Matt Parker from uh, South Park. <laughs> Parker or something. I believe it's his twin brother, um, the mathematician. Mm-hmm. He's actually, um, you've seen him on number file plenty, I'm sure. Um, he's, uh, yeah, he's very recognizable. His um, Twitter, I think, is Stand Up Maths. What about Sit Down Maths, bro? I'm trying to see this. That was Stop. Boomer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the dad jokes today. Yeah, let me um, cast I'm, it. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be caffeinated. Man, I, I just made two cups. No, I, yeah, I just made two cups of coffee, and I'm like, this ain't enough. <laughs> Seriously, I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need some Damn more. Warm. I know. I need. I need to. You need some injections. Oh, you need some speed balls. Goodness. I don't know if I'm gonna make it this week, dude. <laughs> We're gonna have to see how this is gonna oh, roll out. Where's the sound? Well, um, here we so go. I'm casting uh, to the TV right now. Um, be patient with we'll, us. We'll cut this out probably. So we can. Uh, cut I mean, the clip. we don't need to. I can just insert the video onto the onto the podcast uh, anyway. Promise. And in the U.S., each state does its election itself. And right down to the city level, it's a little bit different everywhere. And how they divide up the population changes slightly. In Chicago, they have 2,069 precincts. Now, these are clumped into wards and, and counties and so on. However, the data people were analyzing is from those individual just over 2,000 precincts. And if you go on to the... Chicago Board of Election Commissioners website, you can actually download the total number of votes as well as the breakdown by candidate for every single precinct, all 2,069 of them. So I downloaded that data. That's how I double-checked that these plots are correct. If you get the lead digits, you get exactly these. Double-checked it myself. But then I looked at the sizes of the precincts. And they, I mean, they're picked to be roughly the same population each. So it shouldn't be that surprising when you realize they're all about the same size. The smallest one had a mere 39 votes cast in it. The biggest one had 1,655. The average, however, was about 500. It was 516, and the standard deviation is super tight. They're all clumped roughly around the middle. There are only seven precincts which had fewer votes than 100. And there were only 20 precincts which had a thousand or more votes, which means 98.7% of all precinct vote totals 
was a three-digit number. This has got like the opposite of several orders of magnitude. Almost every precinct reported pretty much the same number of votes and they were all smack bang in the middle of the range of three-digit numbers. Of course, we're not going to get a benefit distribution out of this. So basically his conclusion was that because there's not that order of magnitude range. Mm -hmm. And then I realized um, I probably should have just showed the first part of this so you guys can understand a little bit what's actually happening. That was the conclusion. Because mm -hmm. one of the criteria, the rule basically for Benford's law is mm -hmm. it needs that wide range of distribution for the mm -hmm. orders of magnitude. And you, as you saw, his conclusion was that the average was three digits. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much the lowest precinct was 39 and the biggest one was a thousand and something. Mm -hmm. So that's not a big enough distribution to have a Benford's law distribution. Mm -hmm. So you can't apply it to voting. Mm -hmm. But let me um, play the beginning. Was so it beginning at, at context though? Huh? I mean, I, I, I get what he's saying though. Well, I just want you to see what Benford's law is a little bit. Okay. Okay. Right. So there's a thing called Benford's law, which tells you, how often you should expect each of the non-zero digits to appear as the lead digit across a range of data. And I've seen a lot of discussion online saying, first of all, Benford's Law is a good tool for detecting election fraud. And secondly, if you look at Biden's vote totals across the Chicago area, they do not match Benford's Law. Benford's Law is in the yellow and Biden's totals are the blue bars. There's no match. Whereas Trump's data Looks like it matches. Well, I can confirm, first of all, no, that's actually exactly what you would expect. That's not out of order. I'll explain more in a moment. And secondly, Benford's Law is not a good test for election fraud. And I quote, Benford's Law is problematic at best as a forensic tool when applied to elections. I just want to get all of that out at the beginning. For people who only watch the first minute or two, actually this is great. Although the details are very interesting and Trump's data also throws out some interesting results, as does Biden. So let's take a closer look. Woo, hell yeah. I love it when they put music like this. <laughs> it's like a throwback to uh, oh, just 2009 yeah, YouTube. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> First question, what is Benford's law? It's basically a statement that if you get a big range of data from the real world and you look at the lead digit of each of the values and you count up how many are ones, how many are twos, and so on, you actually get way more ones than anything else. Here's a diagram I made, and you should expect roughly 30% of all data values start in a one, 17% start with a two, and all the way down. Actually, if you link them up with a yellow line, that's the overlay that I had on the plots earlier. And of course, I want to double check this actually works because it's a bit weird. So I double checked a famous example. I went and downloaded the year 2000 stats for the populations of all 3,141 counties in the US, I plotted their lead digits, and it's an almost perfect match. So Benford's law does work, which brings us to the second question. Why does Benford's law work? Why on earth would you expect so many ones? Well, let's think about some everyday possible types of data collection, like measuring things. If you were to run around the house and measure things between zero and two meters long, of all the whole numbers, between 1 and 200, a full 55.5% of them start with a 1. And if you're picking dates at random, just you look at random days of the year, if you look at the day in the month, 36.1% of all dates, the day of the month, starts with a 1. And you can get really into the detail of exactly how this works and how you get the plots. Other people have done a 
better job than me. You can check out Steve Mould's video on number five from many years ago, where they explained it very nicely. And Rob Easterway's book, How Many Socks Make a Pair, covers this in detail as well. So I'll link to both of those in the description below. But the important... All right, I'm not going to watch all oh, okay. of Matt Parker's video. If you guys want to check that out, of course, that's a very it's, it's called, a very good video. Yeah, it's called Why Do Biden's Votes Not Follow Benford's Law? Yeah, and he actually um, came out with a new one. Um, well, it won't be new by the time this podcast comes out, but it just came out. Um, he came out with another one following up um, for specifically the swing states, I believe, because this mm -hmm. one he did a calculation on Chicago Yeah, um, because that was the one that was being contested, I think, by the – you know, Trump. the Trump, uh, the Trump mathematicians. Mm -hmm. Um, so <laughs> that was the one he addressed in this video specifically, but yeah, it's actually interesting how Benford's law came to be discovered. It was actually, um, this, oh, it was actually originally discovered by an astronomer named Simon Newcomb in 1881 as a follow-up, uh, of the observation that the pages of the tables of the logarithms in his university library were, worn out following Benford's law. So like the pages that were, I guess were page one was more worn than like page two and so on or so forth. Um, so yeah, so he actually discovered Benford's law in this weird practical way where he saw that the pages of the logarithm tables were actually worn in a particular pattern and that actually hmm. followed the Benford's law distribution. Interesting. Yeah, but then it gets attributed to Benford, I, th I guess, because he was the one who actually used it in finance. And that's when it kind of took off. Yeah. That's interesting. A lot of these statistical things, like, just coming up. Um, yeah. Dis distributions and models and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Just how, I mean, you can't, and I mean, you come up with different models because a lot of them aren't universal, you know? Aren't universal? Yeah. Like, their context, they're sensitive to, like, sampling size and all this other stuff. Right, which like, is what Benford's law is sensitive yeah. to. So it's like, for people to be applying that to election election results is completely dubious. Mm -hmm. Like, because the thing is, that's a criteria, one of the criteria of elections is the precinct counts are roughly the same order of magnitude, so it can't yeah. be applied. Yeah. So if you're applying Benford's law to, to try to f account for f election fraud, that's just... Your whole premise is fucked up. Mm -hmm. It means you don't understand how to apply Benford's law. <laughs> <laughs> like you need a large data set with many orders of magnitude of difference. Yeah. Hmm. That's why it works for things like population sizes in cities. Yeah. Because you can have a city that has like 10 people and then a city that has like a million people. I don't know if a million, but. So why would it hold for, know. why would it hold for um, systems that like, um, I guess like, why do you see number one? I'm trying to think, like, I guess, is this is this really a law, a universal law? It is. It works pretty much every time if in you're any, In any number system. Yeah, in any sense. base. Yeah, in any base, yeah. I guess that makes sense. Does it? Because, uh, yeah, because, like, that means that any, however you scribe the number, your number one, mm -hmm. in, any, in any base, that's going to appear more. Because it's the foundation, right? I guess. I yeah. don't know. I'm not sure how intuitive it is to explain. Yeah. But um, it applies. If you're yeah. if you meet those criteria of Benford's law, then it always works. Yeah, because whatever. If I call in my number system, if I call one like, um, I don't know, like, spat, <laughs> spat. Yeah, someone's <laughs> coming up with some spat. Spat's gonna come up a lot more than the other ones because it's the base. That's a good example. Maybe if you just the said, word like, spat's gonna come a... up more because I'm talking about the number. You know. 
Yeah, but how does that builds, give you any intuition? Because it builds up. It builds up on. Uh, it's the base of my number system, bro. No, the base of your number system is how many digits. No, I know that, but I'm saying like it's gonna be like if it's for us, it's like ten, you know, twelve, thirteen, four. Like we're using one in that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's a yeah. leading. It's a leading term. Mm. Okay, I see what you mean. Mm-hmm. And we still not it, super intuitive. Still not but, super, super yeah. intuitive. No. Yeah, but it somehow for some reason works. But I can see why it appears more. Okay. Mm. That's it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you can try it. I mean, you can try it with many things. Um, the Benford's law equation actually pretty simple too. It's like a logarithm equation. It's basically let me look it up. It is the log sub your base. So if you have base 10 is log 10 of 1 plus 1 over D, where D is whatever the digit that you're looking at or you're trying to analyze. Oh, interesting. So very simple. Very yeah. simple equation. I don't know. You can take a look at it here, one. Um, oh, wow. That is yeah. pretty basic. Yeah. Pretty simple. Huh. I tried looking up a derivation, though. I couldn't really. It was either too long for me to try to go into, so I didn't. Mm, I don't know if you can drive that. That's a modeling thing. Yes, I was thinking as well, but I was like, yeah. maybe there is a derivation somehow. <laughs> I didn't. I couldn't see one, though. I mean, maybe if you start with, no, because there's usually like derivations are like first principle stuff. Yeah. I don't know if you can be. I like, was hoping that there might let's be. Let's assume you have a sampling size of 100,000 people with orders of magnitude difference. <laughs> you have to make so many assumptions that are like, kind of like, I don't know. Maybe it would happen though. I don't know. It could. I just didn't find one, so. I think with modeling stuff though, it's trickier. Um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe so. But yeah. Norm- but this is like, uh, statistics is kind of a weird uh subject because like i think i've mentioned this multiple times but um there was a there was an article i read at some point about like some physicists questioning like the probabilities of quantum mechanics like mm. if they're if they're um what kind of probabilities do we have what kind in, in in quantum mechanics what does that mean like what kind of statistics like do certain numbers appear like do certain energies I don't know, Show like more often or something, or something. Like they were just like, you know, what kind of statistical modeling do we have? Like, do we have Bayesian probabilities? Do we have like, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because you you looked into Bayesian. Did you look into Bayesian? Not stuff? this time. No. Um, but I have in the past. Um, Bayesian's like kind of this more powerful version of like probabilities because you can actually factor in like their weights to yeah. There's yeah. like weights to the probabilities now to where you, it it can be modeled more towards like real life situations. Mm-hmm. Rather than these super oversimplified things, like if you're trying to do, like you know, we say a dice roll, every single, um, every single number is one sixth probability to be mm-hmm. rolled. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's say if your dice is weighted with Bayesian probability, then you can add in like the weight of each side and actually get the weighted percentages of a die mm-hmm. based on you know adding that variable to the equation. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, it's like a next step up from regular probability mm-hmm. yeah because people are saying that quantum quantum is not like a just a clear-cut probability kind of like that like mm. even-sided kind of stuff maybe not some stuff but i know the basic equations we learn in school are like um for instance like measuring the um like the, things uh, in superposition yeah they're like those are no those are like normal probability well no they're supposed to be weighted at the, the end like you realize when you normalize them, you wait, you wait, they're weighted. Like you have a higher probability of getting something. Oh yeah, but those probabilities are all like they follow that exact equation. You don't need Bayesian probability for that. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
they're just straight up regular probability and you just once you know whatever the um once you know whatever the state is you know what the weights are going to be with i mean like with high certainty yeah well i mean you you only do that because but i'm saying like what differentiates that from bayesian then um cuz bayesian has like extra factors in it that start to account for like weird like extra parts of a system that are more um i guess um i don't know it's like adding constraints to your system or something mm-hmm. or adding more um precision to your probability mm-hmm. i'm sure i'm just saying this so because <laughs> i don't know anything about uh bayesian probability or anything yeah, yeah. but to me it just seems like it's a stronger form of probability when you have like extra factors that are not obvious like normal probability is like a very idealized situation, mm. a dice roll. Mm. If you have a perfect dice, and there's six sides, then yeah. you should always be rolling it one six of the time. Mm. But if you have a real life dice and there's like different weight distributions on the dice, yeah. then now you need Bayesian probability to get the right probability. You're not going to always roll one sixth hmm. of the number. Interesting. So yeah, but I don't know how that applies in probability uh, in quantum mechanics, but I'm sure it could. Yeah, because there, there's some people still now. debating the nature of them. Funny okay. enough, like what it, what is what it, what kind of probabilities you're dealing with? I think I mentioned this. I wish there was more to read up on because I I remember reading it in a book in my undergrad. Yeah, and I just never followed up on it. What's which, that? Just that, just the nature of the probabilities, like people having mm-hmm. philosophical questions about it. I see. Yeah. So. But that's up to the mathematicians, I guess. <laughs> and, you know, physicists operate on that wavelength of like. It works. If it works, it works. Yeah. If it works, it works. <laughs> Just, uh, so. they don't really care if, what the deeper meaning is. Yeah. So, yeah. well, at least the operational physicists, I guess. Yeah. Or the scientists. That's the um, general atmosphere of physics. Shut up Nowadays? and calculate. Yeah. 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 But that's where, that's where we're at. Yeah. Culturally. Um, so, Yeah. Well, shit. Well, then there you go. Then you just shut down uh, all the Trump people saying election fraud is... Uh, yeah, so sorry, guys. <laughs> Try again, please. Benford's Law is not a way to detect election fraud. It's not even a It's not even a way to detect a red flag of election fraud because mm-hmm. it's just... You're not... It, it doesn't apply to election fraud. You can't yeah. use that. You cannot use that statistical ca- technique for that. Mm-hmm. So just give that up. So they're trying to do statistics to own the libs? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Applying everything wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just, yeah, don't, yeah, you look like fools. Don't do that. Um, The same people, I love how conveniently they they go to, you know, mathematics and all this stuff that's like really rigorous and they don't know how to, like, just apply the logic universally and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. So, nice try, folks. Um, Try again. You will lose because you're dealing with the most educated... (laughs) generation <laughs> call back to the patreon the podcast mili- yeah call back to the patreon. <laughs> you're dealing with the most uh yeah the most educated generation we was that's, that's ever to live that's ever to have lived at this point um but yeah you said you you had something else uh that you mentioned um yeah so it's another statistical thing yeah so the other thing i have is fat tail distributions fat tails yeah so this is an I love interesting me some one. fat tails <laughs> <laughs> some fat on, ass on, tails on chickens <laughs> where, where were you thinking do chickens have tails I don't know yeah, I was chickens thinking, have tails. thinking of <laughs> some this out <laughs> I was thinking about chickens chickens have um, tails bro that's where all the chi- oh, that's where all the well. meat is bro mm. fat tails 
Yeah, we were definitely on a different page. <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> if you can't tell. Um, for other things. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, the um, fat tail distributions, or the, what, what are we talking about? So fat tail distributions are an interesting thing. The guy who really woke me up to it, his name is Nick, uh, Nassim Nicholas Taleb. Okay. He's oh, I know of, this guy. Yeah, he's the bully of nerds, basically. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. You've told me about this guy. Did you get bullied by him? Have you been bullied no, by I haven't. him yet? He doesn't even pay attention to me. I'm not. Oh, I'm not okay. I don't have enough um, notoriety. No for clout. Him to care. Yeah. Well, he he ba- he blocks people very regularly. Mm-hmm. But I'm cautious not to say anything stupid on his page because oh, okay. I know he's just going to block me immediately. He just oh, has okay. very. He has very little tolerance for anything. So you're not a reply guy. I am on his, but it's very um like unchallenging harmless stuff. and also Nassim Taleb his stuff is really hard for me to apply any kind of useful commentary to mm-hmm. because it's so out of my wheelhouse mm-hmm. he's a very statistics heavy like economics based guy and he's at the and he's at the leading edge of his field mm-hmm. so a lot of his stuff is way above my my level so I just kind of just listen to most of his posts yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't really comment much on it Gotcha. It's, it's very um, too high level, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, he's a really interesting guy. I love his uh, his terminology. IYIs what? He calls people IYIs, intellectual yet idiot. Okay. If, if you like are a guy who's has or someone who's you know has notoriety within mm-hmm. the in the intellectual space, but you say dumb shit or apply statistics in a very dumb way, like Elon Musk. Uh yeah, I guess he could. I don't think he, I don't know if he said anything against Elon though. Yeah, I haven't seen anything because Elon um, got burned recently. Yeah, because of his Corona thing, COVID. Stuff. Yeah, what was did you did you uh, follow up on it? Yeah, because in April he said uh, he said all COVID cases just dropped to zero in April. Oh yeah, and then he well, got. Man, like, what is Elon gonna know? He's just he's a fucking rocket guy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the fact that he's like saying stuff, and then now he's like he's cautioning that the he caught covid mm-hmm. and then like just being like i don't know what kind of um also like those pcr tests they also run on like um f how if effective they are right so this is the so this is what happened yeah. elon tested positive twice on the covid yeah. test and he also tested negative twice on the covid test within like a what 15 minute span or something i don't know but he did those new pcr tests that are like f- super fast or something mm. right and they have like a. I think the error bars are kind of like thirty percent or something. Okay. okay. I think they're supposed to be better if you put if if you have more time. Okay. Like after catching it. I see. Yeah. Okay. Because like there's not enough like antibodies in your body mm. to really discern like that you have an infection. Okay. For some of them. I just okay. don't think he knows that. that all yeah, that I mean, stuff. why should he either? Right? Yeah. It's not his job to. It's not his job to. I don't listen but... to Elon for COVID advice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would never listen to him for COVID advice. Yeah, yeah. So... He's not going to be on this planet if COVID rages <laughs> on. <laughs> but yes, but I think I Y eyes. Yeah, uh, Taleb calls out people who should know better, though. Okay. So, like, one of his most hated opponents is Steven Pinker. He basically shits on him at every chance. <laughs> okay, Steven Pinker. Steven Pinker. He's. He's uh he's one of the Ivy League guys, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is Basically, he part of that intellectual dark web guy? No, no. I've heard him. I've heard his name dropped on that. Yeah, list. he's an intellect, a public intellectual. Nassim calls him like one. He's like one of the main IYIs. Yeah, 
he calls him basically. He out does all say the time. some dumb Fight. shit. Yeah, and sometimes. he and he apparently makes a lot of statistical mistakes and yeah. applies models when they shouldn't be applied. Oh, and I'm very, okay. I'm very. Uh, I'm I have very, one of his um, books. Okay, that I've cracked open. A he also times. really doesn't like Sam Harris. He won't go on any podcast that Sam Harris appears on. Why? Because <laughs> Sam Harris always says also says a lot of dumb things. I've never really been a huge Sam Harris fan myself, mm. so I kind of think that Nassim is onto something. I don't really. Oh, a lot Sa- of this stuff is... Oh, Nassim won't go on Sam Harris. I thought you were talking about no. Pinker going on... No. Nassim won't go on any podcast that Sam Harris has been on because okay. he thinks he's an IYI. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and um, I don't know So much... he sees it as be- people being intellectually disingenuous. Well, he thinks that some people are intellectuals, but he actually has a book called Skin in the Game mm-hmm. where basically there's, certain, there's a certain class of intellectuals that are an intellectual person... No, like at the highest level and then there's the ones that are kind of like the ones who get their degrees and their creds mm. and then they just kind of coast which would be like the, the Stephen Pinkers maybe the Sam Harris's um, and Nassim is, is a guy who has skin in the game is what he says yeah, yeah, yeah. where he is an intellectual despite like if the model even seems like it applies now mm-hmm. as if it's like a fad like yeah. you know like people do p-hacking mm-hmm. um, p-hacking like, yeah you never heard of that Please don't tell me it involves drinking your own urine. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, one cool trick to save on your water bill. <laughs> oh, I like pee hacking. Pee hacking. No, I don't think I want to know what this pee hacking is, dears. <laughs> no, it's nothing like that. Okay, so pee hacking is a statistical thing where people use the p value. Right. In order to prove a uh, result is statistically significant. Oh, yeah. So then they'll they'll make numbers and like tweak data in such a way to make it so it's statistically significant. So P is less than zero point whatever like zero point five or some shit. Yeah. I forget or like something like that. I, I don't remember what it is. They have bounds of like what the it's like the R value and your, your regression lines. If you're if you're exactly making, yeah. like if you're looking at a linear plot, if you get a closer to one value, then you've yeah. got a good R value. Yeah, p hacking is one of these other statistical things. We don't use it much in our no. areas, so I know. I imagine it's like polynomial familiar. fitting, maybe. I'm not sure. Fitting. It's just some some number that is like a magic number that people like in science, right? So that would be an example of like an IYI who hacks data to make their p-values nice, but then they don't do the rigor to actually really look at all the variables and things mm-hmm. to make sure that they're not they're, that they're not um, just fudging the data in some way that's like yeah. allowably fudgeable. So Nassim is very against IYIs, mm-hmm. which is why I like Makes following sense. him because he calls out everybody who's like high level. That's good. Um, yeah, we yeah. need that. Yeah, he's basically uh, the nerd bully. So I love Good. him already. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. Um, but anyway, he is obsessed with fat tails. He wrote a book that was really popular back in Same. the days called The Black Swan Effect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, The Black Swan Effect is basically an effect he was talking about where it's got to do with Gaussian distributions versus fat tail distributions or long tail distributions, as mm-hmm. they also call them. And a Gaussian distribution is basically... And fat tail um, distributions, if I if I remember correctly, they got this like maybe you'll put an image up here, but like they they're just they're not a skew like a bell curve is is like this uh, or the Gaussian one is like the sort of bell curve. It's a mm-hmm. wide, it's a wide. Well, it could um, be wide or skinny either way. Wide or skinny, I guess. But still, you get it. it basically, you have a mean mm-hmm. where all the numbers appear more and near the the. A mean or an average or yes. something, huh? but then the fat tail distributions—they have more of like, uh, they're more offset, right? Or no. something like that. No? They can be, but the real key difference between fat tail distributions and Gaussian distributions okay. is 
the way in which they um, fall off. Oh, okay. So the Gaussian distributions, they approach zero much faster than a fat-tailed distribution does, mm-hmm. right? Because like, when we look at Gaussians, we can think of like stand. We usually think of like standard deviation immediately, right? Yeah. But yeah. Like, okay, how many deviations from the mean is this from in this yeah. normal distribution? Yeah, yeah. Like, so for, say for instance, we have a data set on like height, ve- like height. Know, heights, yeah, of people in a population or heights of men in a population. Like almost nobody's gonna have a height of eight feet, and then very little people are also gonna yeah, have a yeah, height yeah. of like three feet. Yeah, and then yeah. Most people are gonna be in that center range. With fat tilt distributions, however, you get a a power law fall off rather than no, an exponential. It's not an exponential. One. Okay. Right. So it looks like a Gaussian distribution, but it falls off much less gradually than yeah, a Gaussian yeah, distribution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that actually means that your unlikely events happen much more often in your um, on both ends. Your, right. your your high value unlikely events happen more often, and your um, low value events also happen. True. Uh, more often than, than likely. So true, people true. a lot of times will apply models that are actually fat tail distributions as normal distributions. Mm-hmm. And then these are like how things like the subprime crisis happened. Nassim Taleb was the guy who predicted the subprime crisis months before it happened. Mm-hmm. And then his book sold out when people saw that he was able to analyze this data mm-hmm. in this way because he saw that it was a fat tail distribution where mm-hmm. you know people are thinking that, oh, because all this good stuff is happening – they're thinking that that's because it's 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 a uh, it's a solid system where, you know, it's it's lying within the mean or something, mm-hmm. but it makes all your good all your good stuff is more likely to happen, but then also your bad stuff is much more likely to happen. And then there's this big giant crash in the mm-hmm. other direction mm-hmm. with the subprime loan crisis. Mm-hmm. So Nassim basically warns people of becoming turkeys. So what does he mean by that? He says that. Um, Basically, you need to look or analyze your data properly in such a way and look for these um, fat tails because um, you have these turkey scenarios where you can either be the turkey or you can be the butcher, where the butcher isn't surprised by these black swan effects or these anomalies that happen because they know the right pieces of data to analyze. But if you're a turkey, you're surprised of what happens. Because if you think of it like this, a turkey, what happens to a turkey before it gets slaughtered? He's taken care of. He's fed really well. Mm-hmm. He's living good. The turkey's yeah. getting baths. And, you know, he's having a great life. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he gets his head chopped off. Yeah. But the thing is, if you're the butcher, you already can see it from the perspective of, oh, what's why is the turkey being taken care of so well? It's not because the turkey's like this great, this great animal pet that's just living the high life. Yeah. The butcher knows the the butcher knows the variables that the butcher knows the reason behind why it actually happens. Mm-hmm. So people have this blind spot of being able, of just seeing that oh, if just because the good things are happening, this is what's going to continue to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, you have to understand the full scenario mm-hmm. to be able to understand why these things are happening and interpret them properly. I so see, he basically warns people of these fat tales. Because that's how you become the turkey. Mm-hmm. So you have to do these fat tail. Um, uh, I forget what he calls it. Like uh, it's it's a lot of this stuff is to do with economics. So I don't really remember all the terminology and stuff. Makes sense though. But yeah, this this fat tail distribution is a big thing basically for being able to spot like these anomalous effects that happen mm-hmm. a lot of times in economic systems mm-hmm. and in other things as well. Um, where people normally just oversimplify them as Gaussians, which they shouldn't be. Long story short. 
Yeah, I think uh, it makes sense because like in economic modeling, like when you get to higher and higher like um, levels, it's harder to discern. I guess this is why people feel um, disconnected from the data in some sense, because like maybe if you use the wrong modeling, right? Like it's like, oh, it's very unlikely that this will happen to you. And it's like, oh, but it happened. Yeah. And it's like. Cause, yeah, because like these things, they, they depend on good modeling, right? Yeah. And you know how it goes. A lot of times people like to oversimplify things. Yeah, they yeah. don't see all the factors or data yeah. um, that it requires. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when you get screwed. You know, you've got to be able to have good models with the right variables mm-hmm. in, in there or else you're going to get blindsided by these things. That's when you become the turkey. Yeah. Essentially. A lot a lot of it has to do with, like, it, it kind of uh, bears resemblance to a lot of the COVID stuff, right? Like, people mm-hmm. are saying, like, don't take it lightly because you you can be on these extremes that are going to feel, like, you're going to feel the effects, even though, like... Like the bad, the negative effects. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I think one, one, there's a famous, uh, like artist that kind of just got it recently. He's like a rapper. He went to the ICU or something. Mm. Not a rapper. He's a singer, but yeah, he like recently caught it and people were like shocked. And I'm just like, yeah, there's, they've been saying this, that you can go to the ICU if you catch COVID. So take it seriously, you know? Yeah. 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 It's no joke, man. Yeah. I mean, but this is I like those case where the other day it actually killed a girl who was, um, like eight years old or something. Oh wow! And people are were saying like, "Oh, kids can't get hurt by COVID." But yeah. Sure enough, an eight year old or something died from COVID yeah. too. So it's like, this is not a normal like. This is like something to take seriously. It's fringe sure. effects. It, I mean, people see it as fringe effects, but like you're saying, like if it's if it's more it's more likely than you think. Yeah. Or it's like possible at least. Yeah. So you should be careful. Yeah. So. Like yeah. you know, undergraduates out here just acting like there's no COVID anymore. I'm like. Yeah. And we have the luxury of being words. in a small town, but uh, yeah, yeah, this is kind of what's stopping me from going back home for the holidays because mm-hmm. I, I I'm from a from a big city, so mm-hmm. it's just and it's in the south too, so right. You know they you don't know, give a damn. They don't. They, <laughs> they ain't giving one darn one darn tooting about anything. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm just like yeah, I probably should refrain from it to be honest. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Hopefully, this whole like um, this vaccine is a. Uh, is like coming. coming so let's hope yeah the uh yeah the, actually i'm now intrigued to see um a read nasim's book that seems like very interesting yeah he seems like a very interesting guy man his yeah. stuff seems really readable too he actually has a new book what i was just talking about called skin in the game which i really mm-hmm. want to read as well um he's just a guy who really is dedic- dedicated to actually real data analysis mm-hmm. and not just he's just not trying to do this phony bullshit of like oh, I know how to do this statistical trick, so I'm just going to apply it ad infinitum or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he actually looks at data and tries to be on the leading edge of what actually this stuff means and how to actually interpret data properly. Mm-hmm. So he's constantly calling people out when they have bullshit data. Yeah, makes um, sense. He's a very good follow on Twitter. I would highly recommend him. Mm-hmm. Very good um, wise quotes too as well. So, oh, really? Yeah, if you, want, if you want some wise quotes every now and then, he's also got good, uh, good quotes there. There's also like in the seam, I think, and the seam, uh, it's like in the seam quote. Where is he from? Does he does he does he teach? I'm not sure, but he's always he's always retweeting shit about the Mediterranean. Oh, okay, he's maybe. always saying this is the real Mediterranean or come back to the real Mediterranean. And he's always tweeting shit with okay. the Mediterranean. So maybe. I imagine he's like Greek or something. Yeah, maybe he's Greek. What's his name? Nassim? Nassim Nicholas Taleb. Taleb. Nassim yeah. Taleb. 
So maybe no, maybe he is Mediterranean, yeah. Yeah, he's always tweeting Mediterranean shit, so I'm like, <laughs> I assume he's Mediterranean. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he seems like a cool guy. Do you think he would come on the show? Fuck no. No? <laughs> I don't even think he would acknowledge us. You said an emphatic fuck no. Yeah, because he's, uh, he's too beyond. Yeah. He's like a he's like a guy like there's like he's too serious. There's like grown up intellectuals and then there's like kid intellectuals. Like we're yeah. in the category of like kid. No, intellectuals. we're not even kid into we're toddlers. Yeah, we're like fucking we're wearing goofy diapers. Ass intellectuals. We're pooping our pants. Yeah, <laughs> intellectually. Yeah, there's like him, yeah. like Eric Weinstein. Like mm. these guys are like real actual yeah. real ass intellectuals. Well, I'll get there one day. <laughs> yeah, we will get there one day. Yeah, but I'll be more serious. You know, right now we're still we're still young. Yeah, and we can be. We're we can be stupid. It's yeah, great. I love stupid. to be young and dumb. Take advantage of it while you can. Exactly. Yeah. Otherwise, like you know. But the thing I also say, f- no, because Nassim's a very um, disagreeable guy. Like he already is so aggressive. He'll fight when, you with, on, like, on stuff. Normal academics. Mm. I don't think he would even want to be bothered to even entertain us because we're just so goofy. We don't take anything that seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, with Eric at Weinstein, Eric's much more of, like, a people person. Mm-hmm. So he, like, he only takes us seriously because he just thinks we're kind of funny or, like, mm-hmm. you know. You know, we're just goofy to him in some sense yeah, where yeah, he's, yeah. like, they're just they're just having fun. They're just having fun, yeah. Yeah, and Eric gets that. But Nassim's more of, like, a serious, like, guy, so he's not going to want to. So you're saying Nassim would stuff us in the locker if he saw us in real life. Yeah, he tried to. <laughs> I beat his ass, though. <laughs> I'd be holding on to the edges. Just, no. He's still an old bastard. I got his ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't care how much you f***ing deadlift. He's always talking about his deadlift. Oh, really? Yeah, he's a, oh, he's why a did I? Why did I literally picture a, a buff guy? <laughs> when you said Nassim, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, I picture, like, this, like, Military kind of looking guy <laughs> with tattoos and well, like I'll super show, I'll buff, show you. just show being you. like, actually, <laughs> just being super rigorous about stuff. I see that he's more like, um, he's more of like this guy who's he's 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 he's, he's well not buff, but he's definitely larger than an average nerd. Mm-hmm. But he's still an old dude. I'd still beat his ass. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Come at me, t- come at me, uh, Nassim. Nassim! I got your ass. The gauntlet has been uh, <laughs> has been dropped. He probably can deadlift more than me, though. Maybe. How old is he? He's probably like fifties or something, late fifties, maybe early sixties. I want to see. I want to see his one rep max, dude. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably he can probably he can probably out deadlift us. I'm pretty sure. Maybe. But can he do four sets of twenty? No, no way. <laughs> He probably can't run that far either. All right, let me see. We're about to see. Oh, whoops! Uh, My bad. I've got the wrong video. We're about to see uh, Nasim. Terrence is about to put up a video of Nasim deadlifting or something. Nah. What am I getting? Oh, maybe I should do that. Nasim deadlift. <laughs> why are we seeing? Why are we seeing Nasim uh, shirtless pics right now? No, but um, yeah. Oh, he, on, he had a Jordan Peterson debate, I think. It'd be so easy to debate Jordan Peterson, though. No, it's not. It would be Shut for me. Up. For You're me, such it a would. Hater. <laughs> it would be so easy, bro. No, you, you don't would, think you so? would get absolutely destroyed. No, you Jordan know, Peterson would wreck. Thing. It, no, bro. he would not, bro. I guarantee he, you. he would just be like, eh, you know, we. You You're got... such a Jordan Peterson he, cause, hater because he has he has such flowery language for things that don't need that much poetic. Dude, he would destroy you if it was in anything not. Um, <laughs> no, you get rocked. Well, no, well, dude, sorry, no, 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 no. I you would never battle Jordan Pearson. I would win. No, you wouldn't. I would win. Delusion. No. Shut up. 
many people read as an explanation of what we what well, I'm God, I hate <laughs> pretentious ass intellectuals. You're exposed to market uh, variations. Gotcha. Uh, burn, burns you out, which, uh, I mean, I, I think this started happening in, in 2000 when we had the web and people who otherwise would not have access to prices except she has a morning paper were constantly exposed to it uh, throughout the day. I, I think it burned out a lot of people who switched to money market funds where you just give your money to someone and get your monthly statement. You warned us about the financial crime. Okay. It's not really a oh, relevant okay. video, so I'm just—I was just showing you who he was, who, who he was, who he is, who he, is, who he looks like. Yeah, and I can't—I uh, can't find any videos of him deadlifting, unfortunately. <laughs> no, it's okay. You know what? I could take him on. Yeah, he's I think old. I can. He's old. Yeah, he could probably kill me though. You think? He's got those eyes. <laughs> he's got a. He's yeah, got a he probably could if he's you, got a killer's eyes. Yeah, he's like, got a killer instinct for sure. <laughs> like, but if it's a one-on-one fight, I think I got good odds. I think we both mm-hmm. got good odds. He's too yeah. old. Yeah, you just can't fight when you're that old anymore. You're gonna break a hip. But I feel like he he could kill me with his eyes closed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he, like if I try to fight him, he'll like he'll have his eyes closed the whole time, and he'll like he'll anticipate my moves. <laughs> before. Oh, so he's like a uh, Count Dooku. Yeah, like he's like a, he's he would be like an Earthbender if he was in like an Avatar character. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, he he far exceeds us intellectually. Yeah. Um, but that's fine. Yeah. But you know. With his, with his depth of knowledge, we have we at least have wit. You know what I'm saying? He's got wit too, I'm sure. But he is a little bit serious. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like there's there's cleverness. But he's an interesting guy, man. He's a very interesting guy. He's into he, like cooking and shit and okay. a bunch of all this all right. cool stuff. Then Nassim, you could be my dad, bro, if you want. Yeah, to. yeah. You could be my the internet version of yeah, my yeah. dad or our dad, yeah, Eigenbro's dad. <laughs> he's one of the um, he's one of our. I, I'd say he's like one of the Eigenbro stands. Because mm-hmm. we've got Eric Weinstein as one mm-hmm. of our guys, mm-hmm. Ed Witten, the fathers, the of fathers, the seem to leb. Like these guys are all our um, Eigen Bros. Uh, the Eigen fa- fathers, yeah, the Eigen fathers. Let's call them that. <laughs> <laughs> Who I, we aspire I'm to be? A, I would say Jordan Peterson, but you're a hater, no, so no, I'm not because I, I can't it. agree with him. God, you're. <laughs> Dude, you I just get can't. destroyed in a debate. No, with I would not. How do you because, think you would win because that he debate handled. He handled. I've seen him handle debates, and he gets wrecked, bro. He, by who? By like he went on uh, with Zizek. He got destroyed. Dude, you really think he got destroyed? With he got Zizek. destroyed. That was the dumbest Zizek. debate ever. <laughs> because he didn't do his fucking homework. I was like, why are they you both there? Didn't. Jesus, no, Zizek he was the only did. one who was keeping it in line. Zizek was just fucking. Yeah, but Zizek is coked out. But I know, but that's Zizek is coked out. But he made Jordan look like he also didn't know what he was doing. They, yeah, but they both. It was a bad debate. It was a bad debate. But I'm saying, like, but to say he's destroyed, come on, Juan. Yeah, he did not. He's destroyed. He's he got destroyed in the way that like he did not do his homework and he was like he was like literally googling like Marxism. Let me see what this. Yeah, but then also my question was why was why was Jordan Peterson even representing the capitalist side know, of a dude, debate I, anyway. It was he, stupid. Yeah, because he's not even an economist. He's not so, none of this. So use a better example. Okay. You're using a dumb a dumb example of a debate. In his forte, in his forte, he might be Yeah, I can only he I can only credit him won. in his forte. If I I can't talk he would to wreck him about, you in psychology. He, he would wreck me in psychology because yes. I have no fucking clue what that that's is. That's his that's his strength. If that's his forte. Then then by all means. Yeah. So what do you think you're gonna beat him on? What's the debate you're um, gonna beat him in? Uh, tell me and I'll tell you if you're probably wrong capitalism no I could probably make better cases he would still beat you for and against no yeah no, for sure it. cause I'm he would just talk it. about like Jesus or something he'd be like 
uh, with Christianity. Man, he's we such have... a Peterson hater. Because <laughs> his logic is so his logic is so faulty. It's not. Yes, it, it is. is so not. I just don't trust. His I don't logic. think you listen to any Jordan Peterson except for whatever memes you're listening to. <laughs> I know you don't because it's like it's so far off base. It's like I don't crazy. know, dude. The stuff that I have seen, I'm like, uh, I'm no, not impressed. Man. I'm not impressed. I don't get it. But, I think uh, you're just drinking the Kool-Aid like no, the rest of the libs that think he's a fucking neo-Nazi or <laughs> I don't transphobe think he's a neo-Nazi. or something. I don't think he's a neo-Nazi. I you're think drinking the just... Kool-Aid, bro, because it's like his his arguments are modern or the modern day best arguments there are. Best arguments? Yeah. There are few people that touch him in terms of um, logic this day and age. I don't know. Like the only, I would put him above Sam, Sam Harris for uh-huh. sure, 100%. Okay. And I know you like Sam Harris. He's okay. Okay. Well, Peterson is like at least double the power of Sam Harris. Mm-hmm. I would put him under Weinstein for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll put him under Taleb for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's one of the most most. He's one of the more powerful guys above Sh- Shapiro, of course. I mean, Shapiro's not even idiot. in the conversation to me. He is because he's an intellectual, but he's a no, baby he's intellectual. Not. He's in this. To me, he's the same level as us. No, but he's better. He's actually exceeds I'm a troll. Us. Like he's he's he actually believes his stuff. But he still he still has more notor- notoriety than us, and he has better. Um, but notoriety doesn't mean anything. Does it does, it, but it he also actually doesn't he, mean anything. He's also taken time to form good intellectual arguments. Shapiro has intellect and he has good logic, but he's just a goofy ass motherfucker because he gets he gets caught up in his ideology. And he applies his logic to his ideology in ways yeah. that are just laughable. Well, he's yeah, he's reverse engineering. But he has good logic. I have to give Shapiro that. I have to say he is a he is well, he can, an intellectual. Well, I, I wouldn't say he's a. I don't think he's a deep intellectual because like the 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 um, for us because he's, he's a logician. But like I don't know if he like makes good arguments. Like he ever. does compared like very to normal people. I'm saying like I guess to normal people, but yeah, they're very could, superficial arguments to me. They're not. They don't have any depth. Um, and they're they're kind of derivative. Yeah, yeah. I think I agree, like, but that's why yeah. I say he's our level. He's like he's in the he's in the I don't know. I thirty year like old camp. I'm saying we've had more original thoughts than him probably ever. Yeah, but our intellectual insights are not that refined. No, they're not. Yeah, but it's because so we, we spend is, this Shapiro time, actually does refine some of his intellectual, which is even insights. like more concerning because I know he spends time in his laptop probably thinking, yeah. how do I own these people?" And like, but I'm gonna give it to Shapiro. He's above us. Slightly. No, no, he's not above us. He is, man. He is. I'm gonna lower him. No, I'm lowering him the no, equal we magnitude. No, we have no, we have no say because we're not on even. The, we're not even in the conversation, right? No, Shapiro's at least in the conversation. Yeah, but it's because he's a meme. He's not though. People follow him unironically for intellectual. Yeah, insight. but those are dumb people, Terrence. It's a lot of people though, man. That's... Dumb people for uh, to us. <laughs> dumb people to us. But I have watched enough Shapiro to say he is an intellectual. He makes good arguments, but. For me, they're just kind of like childish arguments. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, mm. but to me, he feels like an equal. Like, I feel like I could easily debate him and not feel any kind of, um, I wouldn't be sweating. If I was debating yeah, Weinstein, I'd probably be listening for 90% of the time. <laughs> if I was debating Peterson, I would probably be listening for at least 70% of the time. Terrence, I, I don't, you got to give yourself more credit, bro. No, I think you can. I think you can. I think you're being delusional, man. I think you can man. go, I think you can go toe to toe, bro. Peterson is a very formidable debater for sure. But only because, tr- only be, but only because he him. uses such flowery language. No, it's not. He gets, it's not. You don't, he writes so. He has these meme statements like presupposition and postmodernism. No, no, but his, but his but book, like, but, but his book, looking at like some of the chapters and stuff. It's I'm like, so well bro, refined, man. His statements dude. are so well refined. 
refined a lot of times. He gets into his such twelve rules for language. life are very well refined. They're not flowery. Some of the times yeah. he gets flowery, but yes. he has very cleaned up language. Man, you can tell that the things he's written mm-hmm. have been written over and over again, mm-hmm. multiple times to cut out, trim the fat. Mm-hmm. He's very, he's very good. He's very good. Yeah, but man. in debate, he kind of gets lost in like the. I don't agree at all. I don't agree at all. I think he only becomes disingenuous when he debates um, religion and sometimes um, sometimes a few social issues related to like yeah. race and things. Yeah, yeah. IQ and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But um, he's still a very formidable opponent. Also, that's why I can't respect him. I still respect him. Yeah. It's a small part of who he is and it's like, I would feel the most comfortable debating Peterson on religion. Then I would think I would have a shot. Anything else, I would be a little bit I would feel a little bit like I might be, uh, I might be, I might get fucked. <laughs> I might be out in the, uh, in the, out of my depth. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. But yeah, well, um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how we got into this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Just the scene being, uh, being trying the, to compare ourselves to actual people who are doing things in real life. Public, actual our public audience, our audience is like, shut the fuck up. You guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying we're, we're at the bottom of the totem pole. Yeah, I don't care. But I, we're trying to act like we're we're fucking um, in the conversation. I don't care. I'm saying even if I don't care about any of this of the relevancy of it. Yeah, I'm just saying if we. Do I would can, love to be in the conversation though. Oh, you would. Yeah, for I, me that's like a dream of mine to be like a public intellectual. Yeah, to be like one oh, of those I'm guys. Just not. I would love to do that. Like to just debate people all day. That'd be so fun. I don't know. I'm not. I used to be that way. Yeah. Like, I just reached a point where I'm like, ah. Eh, I don't have the nah. energy for that. I'm trying to enjoy my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that seems fun to me, though. Debating? Yeah. I can see. I can see why. Yeah. Yeah, it's just the ATP talking. <laughs> when I was in my TI, my, my like, well, I, I, to use MBTI, mm-hmm. refining my thoughts, mm-hmm. was constantly, you know, into, like, debating stuff and, mm-hmm. like, seeing both sides, being devil's True. advocate. But that's things. for a practical purpose of refining your own knowledge. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about debating for... um. For the actually, sake of uh, debating? No, for the sake of actually um, revealing new insights um, for leading edge topics. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is like what whole modern debates purpose is for. Yeah. Like these public intellectual guys are on the leading edge trying to uncover and expose and refine leading edge topics. Mm-hmm. They're, on, they're, they're here to basically be a, a, a soundboard for what everyone else is trying to figure out. Yeah, but I think Nassim, a lot of guys do it. Um, they don't do it gracefully. And I think like Nassim, I think Nassim's approach, he seems like he's doing it the most proper way at Debating? least. Debating? Just like, no, outing bad ideas. Like yeah, he's, he's using, he's very good. He's though. using rigorous like, th- like if I was going to do it anyway, it would probably be that way. Yeah. I don't know if I would like debate dubious things like um, just, or things that you can have that there's not enough information on. Mm-hmm. Like it just seems rather pointless. Like free will debates. <laughs> like it just seems rather pointless, and it's like we don't have we don't have enough information yet. Yeah. Like I think it, I'm with you on that too. Yeah. I like Nassim's approach a lot. Yeah. But I also like Weinstein's approach too, because mm-hmm. Eric just talks about anything, right? Yeah. True. He's at a very high level. Yeah, but he also is not afraid to like code language too, like uh, meaning like he he kind of like shorthands a bunch of stuff, which you Eric can kind of yeah. In what sense? Like he short, he creates like his own acronyms and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> his are so powerful like, though. He's he does it the best of anybody I've seen. Yeah, it's just like I've I've seen people do that, and it it, it definitely like uh, like other like other public intellectuals have done stuff like that, and it's like you can lose the message yeah. a little bit. 
So he it, does it the best of anybody I've seen, though. I That's mean, why I I'm like I'm like okay. I think there's a way to do it. When yeah. Eric does it, I'm like oh, okay. Because he but does it all with speaking, things that are very leading edge. But he's also speaking your language, so I don't know. If Maybe that's like, true. Maybe that's true. But it's, it's so good. I'm like, I know, oh, but that's why because you appreciate it. But I don't know. I'm like, look out. It's me having an outsider's looking in perspective. I'm like, I can see where people can get lost in the yeah. abstract. It gets hard, especially messages. when you're when he if he uses that language in yeah. debates outside of circles where people don't yeah. know what he's talking about. Yeah. But he just has to be and careful. And he's not. To find but no, because I've seen him. I'm. 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 I'm basing this off of him appearing on Joe Rogan's podcast. Mm-hmm. How he's not. He's not willing to dumb it down for Joe even sometimes. Well, that is even not even the coded language. That's just like the higher, deeper. Yeah. Scientific topics and things. True. Like the hop vibration. Yeah. Like that crazy spiel. Like. Yeah, but he's not willing. Knows what the fuck he's talking about on that. <laughs> but he's also not willing to meet Joe. At that level. Yeah, because his intention, though, we, we talked about this, though, yeah, it's yeah. because his intention is as a way to, he's basically showing people the portal. Mm-hmm. That's his whole shtick. I know, his the his portal. whole shtick is like, you want it, he wants to elevate you to to his level, but, yeah. but I don't know. I don't know if that's the best, you might lose more people than gain. I don't know. Right. Yeah. It's just a different tactic. But it's a different tactic. I don't yeah, agree with it different necessarily either. I would have dumbed yeah. myself down for um, the audience, but... um. That's just his tactic, you know. Yeah, true. And it's not always his tactic either. It's just for that particular thing, I guess. Because usually Eric's pretty damn good at dumbing shit down. Yeah, I've seen I've seen him so, do it. I'm like, you can do it. I don't know why. Yeah, I, th- I think he just chooses it for that particular area yeah. for some reason. Interesting. Well, um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we started talking about public intellectuals at the end. Yeah, of that's but fine. it makes sense. Okay. Um, I guess there's anything the else. Fuck, we want this is our goddamn podcast. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> anyway, what, what did you have anything else to comment on besides? Uh, um, the, the statistical stuff? Not really. I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess it's just. Um, I don't know what what question could be. What kind of models oh, do you like? Um, what uh, what kind of models? <laughs> I want to ask people about public intellectuals. Mm-hmm. I guess two questions. Number one, who's your favorite pu- public intellectual? And number two, would you consider me and Juan? Um, <laughs> that's probably don't, not a good one. Include, that was just don't include. Goes. Don't include me in this. <laughs> I know I'm not. I don't want to be talk considered. about how you're fucking comparable to Jordan Peterson. Shut your ass. I, up. I'm just saying I would sit in the room with Jordan Peterson and talk to him and be like, "Where, where are you at, mentally?" Such a, such a delusional. Such a delusional. I just, I guess, because I see. Yeah, I don't know. I, I have. I the have delusion my, is is. Real. I'm not delusional. You are. You are. You've been listening to too many podcasts. <laughs> no. Guys, Kermit, all right. Comment this. Talking to Kermit at the Frog Voice. Comment this. Uh, do you think I could debate Jordan Peterson? Yeah, I already know the answer. <laughs> People saying no. It's going to hurt your ego. No upvotes. And then yes, upvotes. Like, whoever wins. Uh-huh. Then could Juan stand toe-to-toe with Peterson in a debate? Be gentle. About anything. Be gentle. About anything. <laughs> I'm not... My feelings aren't going to get hurt. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> So anything like we could debate on uh, graham crackers, <laughs> then you might win. That's what I'm saying. Like him is yeah. That, I'm talking about real, real topics. <laughs> uh, yeah, anything. <laughs> debate me. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, um, that'd be fun. But I guess if if you consider, uh, I guess who is your favorite public intellectual? It would be nice. Well, to you know. already know for me. No, yeah, but I'm saying the audience. Okay, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want I want to know what they. Who's my favorite? Who's your favorite? Yeah. Eric, bro. Yeah. Yeah, I know that. Eric. He's your boy. Eric, if you're watching this, please be on our show. <laughs> nah, he would never. Just he might. I would he want I would almost. if I were if I were to ever meet Eric, it would be I would want us to have a, a show with him one on one. That'd be so awesome. Yeah. 
I'll take anything. Terrence is going to cream his pants. <laughs> you said that with such enthusiasm. <laughs> That'd be a dream, man. Eric. Eric's a beast. Hilarious. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, I want to I want to know what I guess what public intellectuals or our audience listens to and what they're into. Yeah, for sure. So, I need some more new people too. Some yeah. p- people too, Obscure. hopefully as quality as like Taleb and Eric. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if really, there are any, really. I don't really know if I have. I have a lot more political ones. Yeah. But you I, don't have... You don't, I know you don't really do the whole... The science public intellectuals? Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I do the politics ones, but that's because yeah, I was boring, into politics. Though. I don't like them. <laughs> yeah. like political takes. <laughs> but yeah. But uh, that's it is what it is. Um, yeah. But anyway... Please leave a comment and uh, like, comment, subscribe, share. Mm-hmm. Uh, follow us on our socials mm-hmm. at Eigenbros for everything except TikTok, where we're at Eigenbros too. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Eigenbros.com for yes. the website. Mm-hmm. And guys, once again, if you love us mm-hmm. as much as uh, you as much say as your you mom, do, <laughs> as much as your mom, yeah. <laughs> please consider donating $1 yeah. to our Patreon. Mm-hmm. Your boys need to eat out here. Juan's really really struggling out here get the man some tuition food, please please guys. my tuition they're milking me <laughs> but yeah if you guys you know of course no uh, obligation but we would greatly appreciate yeah, it we would that would be awesome and thank you folks for for those patreon subscribers and uh and yeah just thanks for listening thank you guys right, bye bye